Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items to take back into your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. How's everybody doing? <clears throat> Excuse me. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat call center outsourcer located here in northwestern Pennsylvania, right on uh, right on Lake Erie in PA. All right, how's everybody doing? Again, I hope I hope you're having a great week. As I record this, it's a it's a hump day Wednesday on uh, today's the 10th. Uh, oh my gosh, the 10th of August already. Uh, this year is just flying. <clears throat> All right, I've been on a little bit of a kick. On metrics lately, I think anything that I'm kind of really talking about here in my own contact center always spills over to the podcast and to some of the content that I put out on LinkedIn. And, you know, we've been really kind of drilling down and, and kind of re-benchmarking a lot of our metrics, especially for some of our newer programs, newer clients that maybe didn't have the best data um, or metrics coming in on, on, on their service level, how many calls were coming in. Uh, how many, uh, what their average handle time is, those kind of metrics from from previous vendors. So trying to look through all that, benchmarking all this stuff, and then trying to get reps to kind of understand what the goal is for, for a lot of these different projects. That's what we're doing. So I want to kind of spill that over a little bit to today's podcast. And I want to talk about my five and a half favorite contact center call center metrics, right? These are the, the five and a half kind of, <laughs> you'll see why it's a half, right? Um but these are the metrics that I'm looking at every day for every single program that we are running. And these are the things that we have benchmarked. We know we have goals for, and if we're not hitting them, um, you know, some of these metrics we're able to drill down deeper. Some of them, we kind of just take at face value. I wanted to give you metrics here and why I'm saying five and a half metrics that everybody can, can, uh, can gauge, right. Can, can judge, Right. These are not like crazy, some made up things that are going to take a ton of math to do. Right. These should be some core uh, contact center metrics that, that everybody can can have or, or should have in their contact center. If not, then, then call me. We got to talk because we got to get you a better platform. Um, but let's let's start to you know get and jump right into this. So the first thing and, and I believe the most important metric when it comes to you know customer support and, and really kind of is the. I don't want to say the end all be all, but but it's kind of this overarching uh, number that really starts you on your path to what is going right or what is going wrong is service level. And I don't think that that's a, a mind blowing, uh, um, you know, statement really anywhere. But you know, for me, service level 
really starts to tell the story of where we are with staffing, with efficiency, with our handle time. I can gauge so many things now just knowing where service level is, right, in relationship to where we have been with it or what day of the week it is, right? So let's start to say some benchmark things that I know always get, you know, a a conversation started. I don't want to say an argument, right, because I don't think it's that aggressive. But I know a lot of you guys disagree with this, and I'm fine with it. But for me, for our benchmark of of kind of a, a really good service model, that we are using an 80-30. And I think a lot of people don't, but overall, I think for most people, they would say that is pretty much the benchmark service. Um, 80% of the calls, right, answered within 30 seconds or less, right? That's what we're really trying to do. And I would say most of my RFPs are we're, we're held to that standard as long as staffing and, and everything is kind of at hoil, right? Again, if you if we're looking for more of a white glove service, if we're looking for something that is, you know, we're answering within, you know, two to three rings, right? And some some people still say that, right? Um, you know, we're looking for a 90-10. We have clients that hold us to a 90-10, right? In 80-30, you need less staff for, for than for 90-10. Basically, for 90-10, you have to have almost availability at all times to make sure you're hitting that 90% service level, right? 80-30, a lot of the time, but it's not all the time. One of the things, and I know some of you who've never heard me before, this could be something cool, those of you who have listened to me before know I've talked about this, you know, a couple of times before, but we have used analytics a lot, right, to talk about what service level customer bases will really deal with, right? So, again, we have a lot of customers say, Tom, I cannot afford the staffing of 30 reps to hit an 80% service level, right? I can only afford uh, 20 reps or, or 18 reps. So, what do we do? We say, okay, let's look at let's let's pull some analytic data and start taking calls and find out at, at what time period do customers start to to lose positive sentiment, right? When when does that change to negative sentiment, right? And a lot of times, you know, for most customer bases, we're finding that a little over a minute, minute and a half, no one has a problem with it. When you start to get to the two minutes to the three minutes, you know, we see a little degradation in sentiment, depending on on what type of program and, and the customer base. Then anything after that, we do see a little bit of a, you know, a, a negative pull. But so I can say to somebody, hey, we don't need an 80-30. Maybe we need a, a, a 71-20, right? 70% of the calls answered within two minutes or less, right? And we can staff that and staff that down. You still have positive sentiment. Your customer base is still going to be okay. And you're spending less money there. So there's a lot of things that you can do with service level. Um, but it, it has a huge impact, again, I think on the customer experience because, Again, that the 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 first thing that they're dealing like the porch of your call center, right, is your service level, right? Because that's the first thing that somebody does. How long are they waiting, right? And if you can answer the phone quickly, then we can move to other metrics. But at least you kind of check the box on that first one. All right, so that's service level. All right, my second favorite metric, and I've been talking about this a lot this week on LinkedIn, is is average handle time, right? You know, I will take average handle time over average talk time all day, every day. Right. I think average talk time is a metric that we can look at if our handle time is, is out of whack. Right. But for me, we benchmark every program with our average handle time. Right. So average handle time, meaning basically the the talk time, any hold time, any after call work time. There's some other things that could play into that. Right. But basically, you know, those are kind of the, the meat and potatoes. Right. The, the cradle to grave from thank you for calling to the end of the work that you're doing in your wrap time or your after call work. So we benchmark that number. If we see reps that are outside of that number, 
then I'm going to start to look at talk time, right? What was their talk time, right? Their talk time was fine, right? Well, then what's going on with their after call work? Was that out of whack, right? Were they taking you know, three minutes when everybody else is taking 30 seconds, right? So again, for me, handle time tells me instantly a lot of things. Um, it correlates obviously directly to service level. And it's something that we make sure that we benchmark for every single program, all the ages know. And again, we're not, we're not like, you know, holding a stick and beating people up if they're, they're not at that every single time. But again, this is something that we're benchmarking from, you know, what were we last week? What are we today? Uh, what were we for the life of the program? Are we trending downward, right? Or are we trending up? Why are we trending up, right? It tells you so many things, right? That That is the first kind of, it's like the uh, the thermometer, right? For me, right? So if something's going really good or really wrong, right? That thermometer say, oh, you know, we have a fever. Right? Maybe we need to go check out what's going on, right? <laughs> my analogy for, for average handle time. Okay, my third favorite metric and one that smaller contact centers need to start to take up, bigger call centers love this metric too, is occupancy, right? And it's basically the amount of time that an associate or a group of associates are in a working state, the percentage of time, not the amount of time, but basically the percentage of time that they're in a working state, right? So this metric tells us how efficient we are, number one, and it also tells us kind of the, I say the health of the agent, right? The the burnout rate of the agent, right? We do not want agents taking back to back to back to back to back to back to back calls with no break. Um, you're going to burn your associates out and it's not going to be a very fun experience. The day's going to go fast, but there's only so much that your brain can take, right? Without having a break, right? I mean, even in this podcast, every once in a while, like I'll take a break and maybe take a breath and Okay, right? Like even that's two or three seconds that that I need to kind of even just recalculate myself. So I think that that is a, it's a really important metric, right? Again, we benchmark that at uh, 45 minutes out of the hour. We want our reps in a kind of a working state. And basically we're, we're calling that like just not available, right? So they're they're everywhere from, from talking on the call to doing some after call work, right? So when you're available, you know, those kind of things, that's the math that, that we're going to kind of give you a, a, a breath on. Sometimes, depending on the client, we will include after call work. If we're, if we really don't have that much work, we'll include that kind of in our, um, our occupancy. But for the most part, you know, that probably shouldn't even said that we, we really don't do that. And as an industry, it's really not done. So basically just working state, uh, 45 minutes out of the hour, 75%, right? That is your occupancy rate that I think is benchmarked, that I think is fair for companies. And I think it's fair for, for associates as well. All right, my fourth favorite metric that I am looking at every single day is after call work. Now, for most of our clients, most of our programs, we have a set amount of after call work. I know some people disagree with that and, and just want to, I guess, coach behaviors. I just think it turns into a too much of a of an issue, you know, going back and forth with supervisors and reps because you'll always have a couple reps that are going to try to take advantage of the after call work if they're allowed as much after call as, as they want. Now, for some things that you're doing, you need a ton of after call work, right? If the policies and procedures say that you have to memo the heck out of this and you have to, you know, fill out paperwork and make sure that you know everything is in order, you, know, you could have ten minutes of after call work per call. Right now, we'd like to try to automate that to make it quicker, but it happens, right? It can happen, right? But for a lot of programs, there's really nothing to do after the call. 
we still give 25 to 30 seconds of after call work no matter what. Right. So I just did a TikTok today where somebody responded, hey, my company only gives three to five seconds of after call work and that's not enough. My answer to that is it could be enough. Right. If you uh, if you have a lot of availability. Right. If your occupancy level is a little bit lower if your service levels are really high, right? So meaning there's not a lot of calls in queue. Every time that you go into after call work and then you go back available, you're still waiting, right? So if that that kind of total time, and, and we should probably almost call it, and maybe I'm inventing a new metric, but total time between calls, right? Which includes after call work and available time. I like that metric. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up right, and see if we can maybe do something because I think you can have three to five seconds if you're giving your reps enough time when they're available. Hope that kind of makes sense. But after call work for me, um, you know, we try to set it. We try to make sure that our reps do get a break after every call, but we don't want them to take advantage of it either, right? Most of them do not, but everybody knows. And don't tell me you don't have anyone in your call center that would that wouldn't do that because I think we all we all do. All right. The fifth metric, um, and again, this this is these are more um, not core metrics, but this is kind of I'm looking at health, um, especially this metric. Um, if we have a higher handle time, one of the things that can confuse people um, is is hold time, right? So there's two ways that that this kind of confuses people. Number one is is if you do put somebody on hold, right? Obviously that's tracked or it should be tracked in your phone system. But a lot of times reps don't put agents on hold; they put them on mute, right? And that's what kind of analytics comes in for us. Right, because we can kind of track that from from a we call it it's, it's silence, right? So the amount of, of silent time on a phone. So again, this is something that we can really drill down to. We see a higher handle time. We're going to look at talk time. We're going to look at the after call work, and then I'm going to go and look at silence time. This is why I kind of call it maybe a, a half, right? Because I know a lot of you don't have that. But looking at hold time, and if your hold time is really low, right? But and you don't understand why. Um, you know, why your handle time might be so, so, so big and, and, and you see your optical work, a lot of times it's they're muting, right? And you got to make sure that you're, you're checking on that because mute time a lot of times is not tracked in, in a telephony platform. But that's something that I think is important too, to kind of differentiate the two and, and to kind of uh, see if there's any issues because that can, that can really tell if a rep is struggling, right? If they don't know what's, how to answer certain questions, if they need a little bit more training, you know, that's important, um, you know, an important kind of checkmark metric as well. And then the last metric, and again, this was initially why I was going to say half, but I think that hold and that mute might be the half too, is is sentiment scores, right? You guys that have listened to me and you're probably going to end the podcast now because I've said it so many times you've already heard it. But, you know, I, I think NPS and CSAT are overrated. I think sentiment scores from a customer standpoint and from an agent standpoint is extremely underrated, right? So, it's it's amazing for me and, and I love seeing when we do analytics and we benchmark a client, right? So let's say we get a brand new client and we have 25 reps and we start to take customer or, or client um, or customer sentiment scoring. And let's say they're at 47% positive, right? Pretty low, right? We're trying to get that thing up. For us, most of the time, if we can get that to 70%, 65 to 70%, you know, that's in a, a really good place. And some are going higher, but that's about where we're trying to get. I think analytics, we're all trying to find out benchmarks for certain things too. But um, the cool thing is, is that we we develop a plan. Instead of just having an NPS or CSAT that's low and, and you know, you end up like retraining agents and, and kind of, I think, 
going through a rigmarole of, of things that may not really help that CSAT or that NPS with sentiment scores, um, what we can do is, is look at the entire journey, right? Cause you're looking now at the trending keywords, right? Website issues, uh, delivery issues, uh, logistics problems, uh, price issues, like all these things come into play so that you can actually develop a plan that is holistic to the to the contact center. And I'm sure the contact center has a lot to do with it. Maybe service level, wait time too high, or those types of things. Um, and then move that 47 or 45% up to that 60%, not just on contact center, but looking at everything in that customer journey, which is why I really love that metric and, and really wish more people would start to get into that world instead of just, just blanket CSAT, DSAT, NPS, uh, but understanding more of the holistic approach, looking at more of the, the calls, not just the happy people, the, the irritated people that took the survey or did the email. Um, I think that's a really important metric. So those are my five and a half service level, handle time, occupancy, after call work, hold time and sentiment scoring. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys think and, and some of the things that are really important in your contact center. Uh, but those are you know, some of the things that we are looking at every single day, benchmarking for all of our agents, all of our different programs, all of our different clients and things that I think can, can really help you uh, help you do that as well. Hey, as I wrap this thing up, um, love to see if, if there's any possibility, if you made it this long, uh, please join our LinkedIn uh, call center tips and tactics uh, group. Please start posting in there too, guys, right? Let's have some conversations in there. I don't want to be the one that's dominating that. And number two, I'd love to see if, if you guys have found any value in this. If you can please post some things on social media, um, more reviews on iTunes. I think that would be really, really helpful as well. So, again, hope you guys found some value here. Um, I'll talk to you guys all next week.